Welcome to CMMS Radio, a podcast and general resource for all things CMMS, computerized maintenance management software, from selection to implementation to help you make better choices and have a successful CMMS journey. We'll bring in experts along the way to help us learn more about CMMS, facilities operations, and much more. If you need help with the CMMS project, send a message at cmmsradio.com using the What's On Your Mind link. Suggest a topic, share your CMMS story, or ask questions. Well, hey, everybody. This is Greg Christensen with CMMS Radio, and we are at the Reliable Plant Conference in Orlando, Florida. This is the 25th year anniversary of this event, very special event. We just had a little visit by Spot, that's Boston Dynamics, robotic dog, pretty incredible. I'm sitting down with Dr. John Ross, who you might remember was on a previous episode of CMMS Radio. We're doing audio only on this one, but Dr. Ross, thanks for joining me again today. Yeah, you know, I've got a face for radio. I think I mentioned that when I was on your podcast, so it's good we're just doing audio today. There you go, there you go. We're almost twins in that regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know you did some uh, presentations and learning sessions uh, today. What was the one you did earlier today? Uh, so I've gone to some presentations today, right? I'm giving one tomorrow, actually, but the ones I'm interested in seeing are the ones that are in, uh, it just... Again, I'm in this space, but I want to hear from others and, and add to my knowledge or, or get sort of competing views. I'm going to ones about enhancing preventive maintenance, engaging your workforce and developing good reliability strategies. And I, I think that's the secret, quite honestly, is the engagement. That's what my presentation is on tomorrow. Right. Engagement, right. And, and, and Chris, or Greg, here's what I'm going to say. Can you imagine, wherever you want to take your maintenance and reliability organization, wherever you want to take it, can you imagine that place in the future, three, five years in the future, that doesn't have your workforce engaged in what you're doing? You can't, can you? It's not possible. So you might as well start out that way to get that sustainability and get that excitement, and I think that's the secret. I really think that's the secret. Yeah, and I I put that on my schedule because it's one of the challenges. You know, in the CMMS world, we see just, just in that isolated space within maintenance and reliability we see that as a challenge because teams are resistant they don't want to go along they don't understand because they weren't engaged in the first place so that their why was part of the organizational why look i'm more likely to go along with it if i was in on the design of it now understanding that as an adult we can't take everybody's idea but at least someone asked me i had a vehicle to say here's what i think we discussed it debated it and came out with a solid solution versus, all right, you SOB start Monday, here's the way it's going to be. It's, yeah. it's, that's where, and by the way, the workforce today is smarter. If, if they're not actually knowledgeable about what you're talking about, they'll Google it and they'll be smarter, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so this engagement, I think, is really, I just, I'm convinced it's the secret. I think so. You know, back in the day, when, I, I'm old enough to say back in the day, the maintenance manager was the biggest SOB there right he was the biggest guy yeah and by factors of uh, that he was the biggest guy he was the smartest guy just because if you thought you were smarter he could beat you down yeah but now you realize that you don't you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room but you got to know how to get the people to give their ideas and input and evaluate and create a decision make a decision so again i just convinced it's the way to go 
there's something about the criticality of storeroom and supplies that, that you're really passionate about that you're starting to do something with recently where you launched a training program designed around that? Right, yeah, right. And so I, I along with a, a co-founder, we started a company and we offer certifications and we order the we we offer the only certified storeroom manager and certified storeroom technician program on the planet. And I, I created this over five years, so I put a lot of thought into this. And it's a program that uh, offers uh, an, acad- uh, an academic, four-day academic study. It's a course. You have several homework assignments, so there's a practical side. You've got to go back to your plant, demonstrate that you can use the tools and the knowledge that you learned in the class. So you can go back, put it to practical use. And then once you've satisfied that, you've got to take a competency-based exam and pass that. So versus just walking in off the street and taking a test and getting lucky, you've got to take a course, where you, a class where you've got to participate. If you're taking my class, you're answering questions. Again, you've got to demonstrate the, the knowledge base through practical uh, homework assignments and then a competency-based test and then you get a certification. And We've got to have that level of expectation. You've got to set the high bar. My expectation is up here, and for your listeners, I've got my hand up over my head. Once I get you certified, and once you're in the certification program, I, your boss now can raise the expectation because, dang it, you went to, you're certified now. Figure out, give me some options. Come to me with some ideas. You can't just say we have a problem. What do you want to do about it? Which is what I said to you yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and if you uh, so so. And I always want to try to bring things back into that CMMS kind of perspective and the M and the M in the middle. The maintenance management is really what it is. It's why I think maintenance and reliability and the things that you talk about and all these other experts here at the Reliable Plant Conference Mm -hmm. understand boots on the ground, how it really gets done. So when someone goes through that training and then they actually apply and develop the critical thinking around that knowledge, now they can truly apply it for their organization and make the impacts. But I wanted to ask you about storeroom and then the training that you do and how that relates to CMMS because a lot of people use their CMMS platforms for their inventory management, maybe for tool crib, things like that. So does any of that come up in that training or is it more like if you have a CMMS, record it there. If you don't, record it where you record it. I'm curious about that part of it. No, look, the the management system plays a big part in it because, and, and Greg, you and I are old enough to know, I can tell from the gray hair and the no hair. <laughs> We're old enough to remember back when the storeroom had a, matter of fact, my first storerooms, we didn't have computers at all. It's all handwritten. It wasn't even Excel because that didn't exist. We didn't have computers. But again, it wasn't too long ago that the, the maintenance computer system was different than the procurement or purchasing system. Uh, now, obviously, the world-class, the best approaches are on the same platform, and that is that your inventory exists in the same computer system, so the planners can order parts from a components or materials tab in a, in, on the work order system. And, you know, we're all connected at the bill of material. Everybody's connected at the bill of material, the things that make that machine, what are all the parts that make that machine. And so that's where the storeroom and, and maintenance come into play is we're talking about the same bill of material. So we've got to make sure right part, right time, right quantity, and support of the maintenance budget and the reliability effort. That's the goal of the storeroom. And that, com- that maintenance management system, the computer maintenance management system, is our computer system. It, it holds the, its repository 
of everything we know about those assets out there. And we've got to keep it up to date. There's a relationship between the planner and the storeroom. And all of this has to be written. If it is not written down, if it's not in the computer system, it did not exist or it doesn't exist. I was just going to bring that up because we talked about that on the first episode you and I recorded together. Oh, that's right. And you made that a feature. Uh, yeah. If, if Subtitle, basically. Basically. Yeah. Forget about the grammar for a second, folks. If it ain't written down, it didn't happen. <laughs> that's, I think that's exactly how I said it. And yeah. the reality is you also mentioned that our CMMS platform, and it might be an EAM or whatever it is, it's the accounting system of what we do in all of maintenance, yes? Yeah, right. I mean, nobody here at the Reliable Plant Conference, big companies are here, little companies too, but nobody's running their billion-dollar corporation on QuickBooks. They have an accounting system. In fact, a lot of these bigger companies not only have their accounting systems and their accounting folk, they also probably have independent audits with Price Waterhouse or somebody comes in once a year, especially if they're publicly traded, just to make sure all the dollars where there, you know, there's no fuzzy accounting going on. Well, we have an accounting system too. It's the CMMS, and, and that tracks. And this is important. It tracks the inputs and the outputs of the maintenance organization, which includes the storeroom. The reason inputs and outputs are important because output divided by input is productivity. I don't care what you're measuring. Productivity is always output over input. In the computer system, our CMMS, that's where we, the maintenance department, and store them. That's where we track output, and that's where we track input. And so when we're not taking accounting of the little 15-minute fixes, that we just go out and jimmy something or just a knob and no parts are needed, when we don't take accounting of those and we don't put those in the computer, we've lost the ability to prove that we need that maintenance guy because it's not too many 15-minute adjustments that add up to a full-time equivalent. And then pretty soon, on paper, we look like we need six people when we really have 15. And somebody on Madison Avenue is going to say, boy, sure seems like you got nine more people than you need. Of course. Because we're cheating ourselves. We're, mm-hmm. Maintenance is excellent at shooting themselves in the foot. Well, I think, I think part of that is, I think we could agree that people that are in maintenance, that do maintenance at all the different... Uh, levels within the building envelope, the envelope itself, all these different systems, they care about what they do. They want to they wanna get out there and get stuff done. They want to do great work. And what sometimes gets in the way is that they have to stop for that moment to record something, and that moment is too painful. It's just too hard. So they want to write it down. It's and I think you, hard. I, th- yeah. I, think you, I think you said... They write done, D-U-N. Like, yeah, that's my personal favorite. But, Greg, wouldn't you say that over on the production side that they also have to document things? And, it, it, and, and in fact, it may take more time. But where would any manufacturer or any industry be if we didn't record production? Would, I mean, imagine that. How much did you make today? Yeah, heck if I know. How well did you run? Who cares? You know, there's no, how about if it's sports? There's no, look, we write things down to keep score. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. In the maintenance department, we write it down to keep score, but we also want to go back and analyze it. I I don't know this for a fact. I've never been on the production side, but I have to believe in my heart of hearts that if we're going to run a a product next week, that you and I are going to sit down and look at how we did the last two or three times we ran this product. What were the upsets? Hey, let's be sure not and do, let's be sure not to do that again. Remember that tripped us up the halfway through. You look at the game tape. We can't analyze. There is no game tape if no one wrote it down. 
I think the problem, I think this really stems from, it's systemic in the sense that we use that data before to beat people over the head. How come you took 20 minutes too long on that job? I, you know, I, I roll up your excuses and hit you on the head. And so we're directed by ISO to, that says leadership will determine what to measure, how to measure, and what to do with it. I don't think we've ever figured out that last one, what to do with it. Interesting because I'll tell you, in the last, we'll call it a day and a half at this point, okay. talking to people, whether I was getting a soundbite or not, some of the best conversations I didn't have the I didn't have the recorder on, and you know when people know it's not on, they really start cutting loose. And this is one of the common things. So, for example, if we're using sensor data, right? Whether you have a CMMS or not, right? You're using sensor data. You're tracking all this stuff. You're you're get, you're amassing all this data. Well, why? What are you going to do with it? And then when you try to do something with it, nobody had that figured out, right? So, I. I think you told me once that you have to have an end in mind. So when you're doing these things, they have to at least have an idea of what they're going to do with the data. And we're trying to figure that out now. And that's like the problem that everybody's trying to solve. And there's many ways to do it, but nobody's really figured it out. And I think the reason they haven't figured it out is the same reason there's upwards of 400 CMMS platforms. It's not that there are too many CMMS platforms, it's that everybody has a unique process or processes that allow them to achieve what they're going to achieve, whether it's storeroom related, operations specific related, uh, the accounting side, all this, right? So what do, you, what do you think is a way, not the way, but what is one of the ways that you think we could solve this issue with data and what to do with it? Well, we, we've got to go in with the end in mind, right? I didn't create that. That was Steve, Stephen Covey, right? Seven highly habits of uh, habits of highly effective people. Yeah. When you're when you're um, adopting or bringing in a, a CMMS, the the best practice is to have really good processes in place. We have really great processes for identifying, approve, prioritize, planning, scheduling assigning, handover, execution, return to service, documentation, evaluation. These are the 10 big maintenance processes. We've got these processes nailed down. Everybody, these are the best practices. And now I can bring in CMMS salespeople and say, can your product support these awesome services? We already know what we're trying to measure. Every single process we do in maintenance requires singular activities together or in parallel. Every one of those, you can measure how well you do it and who's responsible. But we can't possibly have all of those metrics. That's too many. I need eight or ten to tell me how we're doing. Are we winning the game? And I need a computer system that with very little punching in of code or crystal reports to report on these if possible. And so when we're tracking these metrics and measures, it's important to know where do the numbers come from and how can I influence those? Because if, let's say, for example, our PM compliance is down, uh, we're not getting our PMs done. If you just announce to the maintenance technicians, hey, you guys need to get your PM compliance up. I want 100% or, you know, nobody takes a vacation. Well, hell, pretty soon you're going to have 100%. Those would be the worst PMs you ever saw in your life. So I tell my clients, I say, look, what's the message you're going to tell the technicians? You need your PM compliance to be up. What's, you've got to tell them how they can do that. And it's not just pencil whipping. It's... Hey, look, Greg, you, if you, you do this PM, if you get called off or pulled away, you call me first. I'll come down and settle it. You need to stay on the PM, right? 
if you can't describe to them how they can move the needle, you're really saying I'm leaving it up to them to figure out. And I'm not saying they're not smart, but I wouldn't do that because there's got to be a standard way. Otherwise, everybody's doing their own thing. Well, that's how you that's how you create the autonomy necessary for someone that does great work to do great work so that they don't have to constantly run around and ask. That's right. You empower them. Hey, look, if people want to know how they're doing, I, look, I, I don't, you could be the biggest, baddest mother out there, but I think you still want your boss to say, hey, good job. Yeah, or at least um, something that lets you know that you're, you're meeting the parameters that we all set out to meet, right? Yeah. Are we, so we, we talked about data, right? We're going to get all this different data. We're going to gather it up. Now, what do we do with it? Well, the whole reason for the data is so that we can just fairly quickly see, are we winning or not? And if we're not, can you give me some clues as to where to look? Yep, that's right. And I, I don't know if I shared this on your podcast, but the, the, the best way to, and this brings it kind of full circle, the best way to get people to record things, to document things, is to actually bring them into a room and have them use the data they've been collecting to make decisions. So what I do and advise my clients to do is, once a month, bring some technicians that are around a particular piece of equipment around. Hey guys, we're gonna look over the work orders we've been generating the last month and kind of make some adjustments to our maintenance scheme. Oh, would you look at that? Nobody wrote anything down. Let's try next month. And then you'll see that you're getting a little bit better data because now we're looking over your work product. And it's kind of like if you were in school and the teacher said, let's take your work product and let's all come together as a group and make some decision on something. You'd be pretty, You'd feel pretty poorly, I think, if your product wasn't up to snuff, right? And if it was, or if it's tracking towards that, you, you actually feel great. That's right. Because you so start to understand. That's right. And that's the, that's the intangible from work. Everybody, I think people genuinely want to do a good job. And you got the one or two, there's the same guy in every plant that doesn't want to do a good job. But for the most part, people want, again, what to do or what to measure how to measure and what we're going to do with it. That last part that's never been made clear. What we have done is wrap it up, roll it up in a, in a tight roll and beat people over the head with it. And we, we all, like, you know, depending on who you are, where you're from, I think most of us, at least from certain eras, can understand and, and we appreciate that, right? Because it's happened to all of us. It used to be an actual style, an actual leadership style. Yeah. A ridiculous one. But they did it, and they saw some improvement. They didn't realize it was short-term. Yeah, authoritarian or something, autocratic exactly, or whatever. Exactly, Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, like I always say, we can keep these conversations going <laughs> on and on and on. And they're similar but different every time. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I didn't get to ask you yet, is when you're working with a group and you're doing the training on-site or whatever, uh, when you're when you're engaging with that classroom, like do you, you sometimes see the lights come on and it's just like you see those magic moments in the eyes of some of the people that you're working with. And can you describe that to me? Yeah, it's, it's an epiphany. You, and and uh, Greg, I think you hit on something that this is not gonna sound very humble and I apologize. <laughs> but after years and years and years of, of teaching and consulting and these kinds of things, you're able to fashion the point uh, let me say it another way, you know, th- that sort of thing. And when you're teaching a class that has 70, 80 people in it, and they're from 56 different industries, 
you'll have to say, uh, Steve, you're from, uh, you're from aviation, and here's how you would use this. And, hey, Bill, you're from the wastewater business. Let me tell you how that. And you're in, the industry, you're in the manufacturing. Let me explain it this way. You're able to fashion it, and you can see. And that's the thing about uh, instruction, just leadership in general, is asking for the feedback. But not, does that make sense? You know, not that kind of cheap little, hey, does that make sense? And they go, yeah, and then that's the end of it. But almost explain it back to me here. Uh, Greg, now that we've had this conversation, how would you use that information back where you work? Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's important because I say that to people a lot. Does that make sense? Because I'm making sure they're following along, and I don't mean it to be offensive. But if you do it the way you're describing it, and you make it meaningful, yeah. So, so I want to go back to something we were talking about earlier, where what we really want is meaningful meaningful data so making it meaningful is how you achieve the actual impact with the individual so that they can then buy in and actually choose to be accountable yeah so there was a great presentation today and it really again one of these I knew this but now if somebody else said it so it really makes sense to me mm -hmm. A leader, a leader always has to explain what we need to do and why we need to do it. Guys, here's what we need to do, and here's why the objective is really important. So, Greg, let's just say it's you and me and that person over there and that person over there. And I'm the leader. Guys, here's what we need to do, and here's why it's important. Now, I'm not an expert on this. You guys are the technicians. What are a couple ways that we can ensure that we do it right? How can we measure that? Uh, how, what do we need to do to check to make sure we didn't slide backwards on it? And I'm in, I'm in soliciting input from the team, and we're putting together. Because my only objective is this is what we need to do, and here's why. I'm asking you how to measure it. And if I tell you what to do and how to measure it, that, that is micromanagement. Greg, here's what I want you to do, and here's how I'm going to measure it. That's micromanagement. Right. But if we say, here's what we need to do. Can you tell me how you think you might do it and how we could measure if we're effective or not? I've now pulled you into this. And by the way, let me just mention, I'm not the expert. You're the expert, not me. It's interesting because you're, you're giving way to make that expert. Yeah. And, and, and am, am I also not, and that's probably poor English, am I, aren't I also, and that's definitely bad English, also sort of... Um, grooming and promoting critical thinking and, and your growth into maybe a maintenance supervisor or production supervisor or something by engaging you in the here's what we need to do here's why we need to do it how do you guys think we ought to do it and measure our effectiveness you're allowing someone to make it their own but you're also giving them the guide rails yeah. You're giving them the framework, and then they can start to apply that critical thinking, that effort, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about when you fully empower someone and you give them the autonomy and the things in place to do what they do, right? So I like that. And anytime I hear something, whether we're talking about maintenance or anything, where somebody's going to apply and utilize, develop critical thinking, within a role, within a household, within the world. Mm -hmm. I love it because I sometimes see technology as something that can cause 
that that kind of laziness of mind where people start to not think, right? We all got phones. You don't remember phone numbers anymore, so you look them up. <laughs> kind of like that. So what you're talking about is is really it's kind of like that that teacher student that kind of the student becomes the teacher, yep. and now they're both on this this journey, right? Yeah. I love it. I think so. Um, one thing I always want to do on the podcast is I want to make sure that people have a way to get in touch with you. And I know we said it on the previous podcast, but you never know which episodes people are listening to. So your company is called Maintenance Ma Innovators. Maintenance Innovators. And I know you're on LinkedIn and you're fairly active there if you have the time, if you're not in the middle of a class or something <laughs> yeah, like that. John Ross CMRP is my LinkedIn handle. Right, right. But I think on your podcast, I gave my website. It's www.maintenanceinnovators.com. And my email is john.ross at maintenanceinnovators. Kind of a long address. That's okay. Dot com. But, uh, you got to use your brain a little bit when you're typing that one out. And you know what's interesting? The number one word I misspell, I mean every single time, is the word maintenance. <laughs> I, type, I put an extra N in there for some reason. My mind just doesn't. Dr. John Ross. Thank you so much for joining me yeah, again. Great. Thanks for your time. Oh, it's oh. enjoyable. I'd love to visit with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. And we got a couple more days here at the Reliable Plant Conference, and pretty safe to assume you're going to be there in Chicago. Next year it's in Chicago in June. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm very blessed to be uh, that Nori picks up at least one of my presentations. So I'm excited. We're on track for tomorrow, 10 o'clock, so we're going to have a great presentation. I've got a client flying in, and he's going to talk about the success he's had with the program I've helped sort of facilitate. He's coming in tonight just to give this presentation. See, now I wish I would have brought a film crew. <laughs> he's got a face for TV, too, so it'll be good. Uh -oh. Got I'm a distinguished be... look about it. I'll report back, everyone. Okay. Thanks, Th Greg. Thanks for being on CMMS Radio, Dr. John Ross. Thank you. You got it. Did you find this episode helpful? Please send us some feedback, suggest a topic, or ask a question. Reach out to CMMS Radio if you need a co-pilot on your CMMS project. Visit cmmsradio.com and use the What's on Your Mind link. Thank you for tuning in to CMMS Radio, your resource for all things CMMS from selection to implementation to help you make better choices, learn from industry experts, and have a successful CMMS journey.